0: in the series called This Is What We Do, looking at some things that we do as a church. And we've talked about how we love others and we honor life and we stand against uh, racism. We care for the poor and marginalized. Last week, Pastor Matt gave us a great sermon on uh, how we model biblical marriage and family. And these things are important, Not they're not political issues, they're things that we just do as God's people. And today, the the, the title, or you could say, of the, of the sermon is We Unite Around the Gospel and God's global mission. This is what we do. We're going to be in John chapter 3 today, so if you have your Bible, go with me to John chapter 3. Pull it up on your device if you want. I'd love to see the warm glow of the Bible shining against your eyes there. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen, and so uh, you can read it with us there. If you want a Bible, let us know at the next step spot back there, and we'll order you one, and uh, Pastor Stewart will hand deliver it to your house with a sandwich. So, just kidding. Just kidding. Here we go. John chapter 3, starting with verse 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Anyone who believes in Him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. Let's pray together. Father, as your words. We read them aloud today because we believe them to be true. Would you move among us today in your spirit, leading us to see the beauty of your love shown and your son Jesus. Today we implore you to move in the hearts of many to trust in you both online and here in person. Be welcomed to your table. In Jesus' name, amen. This uh, here is a chair, if you didn't know. This is a good-looking chair. It's actually the chair that uh, belongs around my dining table at home. This is actually my chair, the dad chair. If you have a chair on your dining table, I don't know. We have a, I have a dad chair. This is my chair. I sit on the end. On the other side of the table is my wife's chair. Now, my wife's chair is currently broken, and she's pretty upset about it, so we're in the market for a chair that looks something like this. So if you're looking to get rid of something, let me know. This, is, uh, this chair is flanked by three kids on this side and three kids on this side. My wife down the end, we have six kids. And our our dinner table is pretty special because this is where my family gathers. We try to fight for time at the dinner table and uh, always try to huddle there and take advantage of dinner conversations, be intentional with dinner conversations. Now, every now and then, we invite people over to our house and and we invite others to sit around our table. To get around our table, you got to have an invitation, at least most people do. Some people, we give them the freedom to stop by any time. We have kids in our neighborhood, and there's some kids that are invited to in our house. There's sometimes kids that just end up in our house. I don't know how they got there. You, you know what I'm talking about. But what's important to, to understand is, is it's my table, it's my house. But God, God has a table. God has an eternal table, and his table is reserved for his family. To get around his family table, you've got to have an invitation an invitation to come into his family. And that invitation is freely offered to anyone who would come trusting in Christ by faith. That's really the main point I want you to get today is entry into God's kingdom is reserved for those who have trusted by faith in Jesus Christ. It's an invitation that's given. An invitation for you, an invitation for you if you're watching online, Intention and an invitation for all who would respond in faith, trusting in Jesus Christ. When we talk about how we're called to unite around the gospel and God's global mission. I, I, I love this about Christ's community. Christ's community is not a fighting church. We don't fight over things here. Our church is largely unified around the gospel and God's global mission. I think you've heard that today when you hear the baptism videos, when you hear from the church planners and local ministries. All these things we do are simply about making gospel-centered disciples among all people for the glory of God. We don't care what color of skin. We don't care what socioeconomic status. We don't care if they're high or low. We don't care what they look like. What we're called to is to give them the hope of the gospel. This so leads me to my first point. Jesus Christ is is the only hope for our city and the world. The only hope. The only hope for life, for eternal life is found in the son of God. This is what he says here in John chapter 3. It says just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, Jesus says, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may not uh, may have eternal life. Now, Jesus is pointing back to numbers 21. Numbers is a book of the Bible if you didn't know. Numbers 21 tells a story of how the Israelites, God's people are being led by Moses out of the wilderness and they have uh, they're in the wilderness and they've come to this point where they continue to to limp along and they start murmuring and complaining and they start like bemoaning, "God, where's God at? He's left us alone." He's and they're whining and what God does is God says, "I'll show you." And he sends all these poisonous snakes, to bite the people. And when you were bitten by a snake in Numbers 21, within minutes, probably even seconds, you could be dead. So all these snakes come, people start getting bitten, and the people start crying out, understanding this is a judgment of God. And they're saying, Moses, please, people are dying all around us. These snakes are out of control. Please cry out to God, intercede for us. Let him know we are so sorry. So Moses goes to God and he intercedes with half the people and they and, and, and he confesses, says, please God, please God, please God. And God relents and says, all right, Moses, I'll respond. If you will create an image of a snake and put it on the end of a pole and hold it real high, everyone who looks upon that snake on the top of the pole, that bronze snake, will immediately be saved from their snake bite." and will immediately be healed. So get this. Moses does that, lifts up the snakes. Word starts spreading that if they just get a glimpse of it, then they will be healed from death. And if you can imagine these people who've been bitten by snakes within minutes of being dead, their only hope is to look at a snake on a pole that's been covered in bronze. And you gotta go, do I really wanna go all the way up? Yeah, right. I'm not even gonna believe in that junk. Or, My life is about to end. I'll do whatever it takes to get to the snake. And they're fighting over people. They're climbing. They're doing everything they can just to get a glimpse of the snake. And he says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. You see, we have been bitten by a snake. The whole world has been bitten by a snake a snake and you fill it in your soul you fill it in your marriage you fill it deep down you see it in our world the brokenness the devastation the death sin is wicked and every one of us is born into it we're born sinful we're born selfish we're born lonely we're born broken we've all been bitten The Bible tells us that everyone who dies in their sin dies and goes to hell. Bitten by a snake. But the Son of Man came so that everyone everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Look, John 3, 16, for God loved the world in this way. Oh, listen, if you didn't know, if you thought Jesus came to condemn you, no, no, Jesus came because God loves you. He loves you. He longs for you to be saved today. For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life is granted to all those who believe the gospel by faith. Jesus Christ must be lifted up, lifted up on the cross to die for the sin of man, to die for your sin and my sin to be buried in a borrowed tomb, to die, to be raised to life, to be lifted up to eternal life, and then to be raised to sit on the throne in heaven, overseeing all of the the world and all of time. He must be lifted up and eternal life is granted to all those who believe the gospel. You look back to to John, John 3 and you meet this guy named Nicodemus who is a very religious man, he did all the works, he knew all the law, he was a very, very moral man. And Jesus says your morality can't save you. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how nice you are. It doesn't matter how generous you are. It doesn't matter how many times you've gone to church. Your church count can be 525 Sundays. It doesn't matter if your heart is still in sin. It doesn't matter how much money you've given or how much Bible you've read if your heart still belongs to you. And then you swing to John chapter 4 and you meet a Samarian woman. A woman from Samaritan who is a very promiscuous woman who Jesus sees into her heart and you realize this girl is very sexually addicted. She's had five husbands sleeping around all over the place and Jesus says you're searching for something deep in your soul that you're trying to find in this man and then this man and then this man, and you can't find the satisfaction you're looking for because you're looking at the wrong well. She says the only kind of satisfaction you could have is if you come to me and drink from me. So you got the religious person who can't, get Christ, who can't get salvation in his works. you got the sinful person who's looking to fill her soul, and both of them come to faith in Jesus Christ alone. And across this room and across online, there are people who are very moral, good people. And there are, very, there are people who are very sinful, broken people. Whatever category you find yourself in, whatever category your neighbor finds themselves in, or your mom, or your dad, or your spouse, all of them can find hope in Jesus Christ alone. Because eternal life is, is granted to those who believe the gospel. But also, eternal death is granted to those who reject the gospel. This is the word of John 3 16. For God loved the world in this way, He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish. Those three words will not perish. If you believe in Christ, you will not perish. You will not taste eternal death in hell. But the only escape is through Jesus Christ. The only escape for our city, the only escape for our world is in Jesus Christ. The only escape for you today is to put your faith in Jesus. You know, one of the hardest things I have to do is to do a funeral for someone who wasn't a Christian, who, who was lost. Knowing what I know about the gospel and what I know about them rejecting Jesus and not knowing him, it is so heavy to do a, a funeral. At the same time, it is, I don't know that there's anything better than the opportunity to do a funeral for someone who was lost because I had the privilege to stand before a people and cry out to them to trust Jesus and to change their lives and to see how God uses those moments to bring many people to faith in Christ. See, today, people will taste Death in our city. People will die in our city. People will die on the roadways today. People will die of coronavirus today. People will die of other causes today all across our city. And all of us will die one day. Death is marked all of us and we're all headed that way. It's a matter of where our eternal destiny is. For God so loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life life, oh church. Jesus Christ is the only hope for our city and the world. But secondly, God desires for every person in the world to hear the gospel and have the opportunity to be saved. If you were to ask me, what is your ministry philosophy at Christ Community Church? My ministry philosophy is to present the gospel to every person in the world and give them the opportunity to be saved. This is the way That lives are changed. This is the way that people come to faith in Christ when they are invited to God's table. We need to give people who are lost the opportunity to hear the gospel and be saved. Look what he says in verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Hear me, if you're someone who thinks Jesus is held high just to condemn you for your life, No, 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 you've got the wrong Jesus. Don't listen to those stinking, snobby Christians who are just so self-righteous. Don't listen to those people. Try to hold up some sort of moral Jesus to tell you you don't measure up. No, 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 Jesus came for the sinner. Jesus loved the sinner. He came to save the sinner. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He came to save you. He didn't come to condemn you, he came to save you. He says anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. If you don't put your faith in Jesus, if you don't know Christ as your only hope, then you are condemned. If you find yourself in a camp that says, I don't know Jesus, the Bible says the result of you not knowing Jesus is eternal death in a place called hell. Condemnation comes because of our own willful rebellion and our own sin. But salvation comes through faith in Jesus. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned. This means if you are sitting in Christ today, if you're someone who's sitting in Christ today, you are not condemned. Now you might be feeling like, but I'm a sinner. But I've broken things up. My wife's mad at me or my husband's, I've made a mess of my life and I keep screwing up because of sin. Listen, come back to Jesus. Understand the grace you have in Christ. Stand back up and walk in his forgiveness and grace. You are not condemned. You are under Christ. This is good news for both sinners, those who are Christian and those who are not, that you can come to faith in Christ today. Zane Pratt says this. He's a theologian and professor Those who are serious about the gospel have a strong sense of urgency about its spread to all those who've never heard it. Anyone who is not motivated to share the gospel with unbelievers does not really take the gospel seriously. And the same is true with anyone who is not passionate about global missions. We have a message of hope to give. And I hear so often people talk about like, I'm just not an extrovert. I can't just really share my faith. I don't know where to start. But then like, if you follow them on Instagram, they're there like video after video after video telling you how you should buy their mascara they're selling or their face wash they're selling, you know? Or, or they have no problem posting all over Facebook who they're voting for. Oh, but I'm an, I'm an introvert, I can't share my faith, but I can talk all about politics. Or I can sell you this face wash, or I can do this. Because the truth is, we talk about what we love. We talk about what makes us money. Now, those things reveal a lot about our hearts. There's some people who want to have people over to their dinner table, and they'll sit around their table, and they'll talk about all kinds of loves. But when it comes to talking about Jesus, they ain't talking about Jesus. I know I should talk about Jesus, but I can't. But I sure will fight over Trump and Biden. Or I sure will talk about this or that, or I'll talk about my love for that. I just can't talk about Jesus. I'm just an introvert. God desires for every person in the world to hear the gospel and have the opportunity to be saved. And every one of us knows lost people today. You might've walked in this room and you're a hard-hearted, stubborn, prideful person and you don't know Christ and you don't wanna know Christ. And I pray that today God bursts through into your soul, softens it, and you cry out in faith for him. Others are sitting here and you're on the cusp of walking away from it all. Listen, don't walk away. God loves you. God knows where you're at. You might have children who walking away. You might have needs that I don't know about. But I want you to know, I know the one who knows all there is to know about you and your needs. His name is Jesus Christ. And he has the power to forgive and the power to heal and the power to save power to turn hearts around. Number 3, God welcomes those to his table who trust by faith in the gospel. God welcomes those to his table who trust by faith in the gospel. Verse 19, this is the judgment, the light has come into the world, people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. So those who were in sin, those who love themselves, want to hide in the darkness. They don't want to give their lives to Jesus. They don't want to come to Jesus because they don't want to change. They care about themselves more than they care about Jesus. They worship themselves, what Romans tells us. It says, for everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. God has a table, an eternal table. And He has given an invitation to me. Let me just tell you, there's a chair at God's table that says Ronnie Parrott on it. Because when I was 12 years old, in a wood-paneled office, talking with my pastor after hearing the gospel, he told me that if I would turn from my sin and believe Jesus died for me, rose to life. If I would accept him as my Lord and Savior, he would give me a new life and a new identity. He would save me. And at 12 years old, with all the sin I knew and all the Jesus I had heard, I trusted by faith. God saved me. And now there's a spot in heaven with my name on it. And I know stories all across this room that there are spots in heaven with your name on it. And now God has called me and said, hey, Ronnie, I've got other chairs. I've got other spots that have names on them. You go invite other people to join me at my table for eternity. And I have the privilege of going and sharing and inviting others. And you do as well. So many of us are distracted by the things of this world and we're not focused on the gospel and God's global mission. Some of us trust so much in lesser gods and lesser idols. We're distracted by the God of money, little green pieces of paper that make us feel so secure that'll get wiped out based on who's the president November 4th. We We trust so easily on things that can burn up in a fire like that. Some of us, quite honestly, think that you know, we trust in power. We we care more about who's sitting in the White House than we do about who's sitting on the throne of heaven. We care more about what we can gather and get together in our own house and our own homes with our own hands tomorrow than we do about the foundation that we're standing on in God's sovereign providence. We care so much about how we are perceived that we neglect to tell others and invite other people to join God's table. Listen, there is a spot in heaven that has my name on it. I want to tell you, there's a spot in heaven that has a guy named Brian Walker's name on it. Brian Walker was a guy I met in 2013. Uh, he started coming to our church. His family were believers. And his uh, kids there, and his wife was like, you need to pray for Brian. He does not know Jesus. and He didn't, he didn't want to come to know Jesus. But he's come with me to church because he feels like he should. But he didn't, know, he didn't, he didn't want Jesus uh, her her mom and dad met with me and said, you need to pray for Brian. He needs Jesus, and we want him to know Jesus. We keep telling him about Jesus, but he keeps rejecting Jesus. One day, I uh, I was like, I'm gonna go buy Brian lunch. I'm not gonna tell him. So I picked up Chick-fil-A. He worked at ABC Block Company. He's a blue-collar dude sitting in the concrete office. I called him and said, hey, Brian, I'm five minutes away. Have you eaten lunch yet? Like, well, I brought some. Lunch. I got, don't worry about it. I got Chick-fil-A. I'm stopping by, I'm bringing it by. What? I'll see you in a second. <laughs> show up in his office and uh, sit in his metal desk is there with little rinkety metal chairs giving him chick-fil-a him like why is this pastor talking to me and i say brian i'm here because i believe that god wants to work in your heart i believe god wants you to know him today and i share the gospel with him and brian who was not a small man was in tears Because there in that moment, God worked as he cried out in faith and was saved. Now, Brian leads a small group of of high school boys at my previous church faithfully. And Brian has a spot in heaven. Do you have a spot in heaven? Is there a chair in heaven with your name on it that you know for certain? My name is written on it. I know I have a spot. It is secured for me, and I have assurance of my salvation. Or are you someone who goes, I just don't know. I mean, I think I do. Listen, if your response is a religious response, like I think I've done enough, I gotta weigh the scales, maybe. That is not the answer. The answer is no, you don't. It's only by faith in Jesus. If your response is, I'm just so far gone, God would never love me, I've, been, I've done so much, you just don't know. No, no, that's the wrong response. Oh, listen, come to faith in Jesus. It's his perfect righteousness, not your own that saves you. Wherever you find yourself at today, I want to ask you, have you trusted in Jesus alone for your salvation? If not, if the answer to that is resounding, no, I have not, then right now I want to invite you to believe him alone, to believe. Believing means to take all you are and to bring it in submission, to turn from your ways and to believe him and to Bring your life under his submission and say, I believe, I give you all that I am, and God saves. Have you trusted in Christ today? Here, let's just, let's just go to the Lord right now. If you'll just bow before the Lord right now, I want to ask you that question. Is there a seat around God's table for you with your name on it? If not, the answer is, I don't know right now I ask that you would cry out to him you can simply pray oh God right now would you save me I believe Jesus Christ died for me he rose to life and he sits on the throne and right now I bring my life in submission to him Oh God, save me today.